It's my pleasure to introduce our guest preacher for today. But before I do that, I wondered, do you know where Timbuktu is? It's in uh, a country called Mali in Northwest Africa, which is also where our guest preacher was um, born and grew up. And um, Pastor Nuhum Kulabi, sorry, Kulibali, grew up in Mali and began his ministry as an evangelist with Campus for Christ and then moved to Canada to study at Tyndale. And uh, Pastor Nuhum, with his wife, Dr. Karen, Karen Stel Koulibaly, who is a family doctor, um, they have six kids. They live in Toronto. Um, and they pastor, or Pastor Nuhum pastors at um, Zion Alliance Church, a Chinese church, which is their home church in Markham. And he pastors the English congregation there. And we are so grateful to have him with us today to teach us. And um, yeah, welcome, Pastor Nuhum. Maybe I can pray for you before you start. Lord, we ask that you would open our ears to the message that you want us to hear, and I pray that you would fill uh, Pastor Nahum with your words today, and that um, we would be able to receive um, new things from you through him. Thank you so much for his willingness to speak to us and for the journey that you have brought him on. Um, thank you for the work that he does, um, both in Canada and in Mali, and we pray that you would bless that work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. How are you? You see, usually I will bring my jembe, but today uh, I couldn't bring my jembe because Pastor Nestor, uh, Nestor will be praying for your healing very soon. Uh, Nestor told me that I have 20 minutes. I say, oh, Nestor, this is the most difficult task you have given me. As an African speaker, believe me, give me 20 minutes, it's not easy. But hey, we will try to do our best. And then as uh, I'm here from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank God for each and all of you, Knox Presbyterian Church. Thank you, thank you so much for the great honor and privilege you have given me to come, to serve, to love, and to worship our Lord Jesus Christ with you. Now, as our worship team led us through a few songs uh, from other tribe and nation. I would just want to take just one minute to sing one small portion of a mission song in my native tongue, trade language of Mali called Bamara. As you will see through my testimony, this today's sermon is a lot of teaching and more testimony. Uh, you know, the testimony of your God's faithfulness to us through the mission that has started with many of you here in North America. And the song, this song means send the light, send the light. And uh, it, it goes like this, that, you know, the Lord is sending, calling all of us to go to the world with the gospel, the good news. Ima <speaking in Spanish> Angata, 
Imadonko moko chama tununa angata 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 amatege Yesu sara obeye angata 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 kibaroduma fo angata for fambe for fambe angata angata kibaroduma fo angafo die fambe Amen, 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 amen. Let's pray, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you are the amazing God. Thank you so much for your love, your service, your care for us as sinners. Because of the consequences of sin, yes, sickness has visited us, including COVID. We pray for those who are suffering from COVID, thinking about them, our friend, Pastor Nestor, whatever he is, that you put your healing hand on him. And we extend this prayer to anyone in this room suffering from any kind of illnesses, that you put your healing hand on them, your daughter, your son. And through this service today, Heavenly Father, speak to our heart through your word to edify our faith and to glorify your name. All this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you're like me, growing up in Mali, I grew up with radio. Radio is the means where, by which we hear about what is happening in Mali, in the national news, the international news. And then today, yes, radio is still part of our means of finding out what is happening in our world. You have TV, you have your iPad, you have your iPhone. You have all kinds of things by which you know what is happening in the world. Brother and sister, you know this. When you turn on the radio today, what's come pop up? War in Ukraine. Famine. Go to my home country of Mali. Terrorism. Years ago, I used to take Canadians to go and do four short-term missions with me in Mali. Today, I can't do it because, including myself, I can be kidnapped. So much dangerous thing going so many dangerous things going on. And to the point that sometimes some of us wonder if there's any God, if there's a God, why is it that all these bad things are happening to many innocent people? Because of this, some people have completely decided not to follow Jesus Christ. You know what? I have nothing to do with this God. If there's a new God, those bad things should never happen. And because of that, in their mental, in their thinking process, I should never, never do anything with this God. But you know what, brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful that you're here. Why? You are here today because God truly cares about this world. The new, the bad news you see around the world. There's many sadness that you see around the world because God cares so much that you are here, not by chance, but by divine appointment to meet Jesus Christ. You see, when I walk in here this morning, when I take the bulletin, I want to see what the identity of this church, and I found it out. 
And for those of you who have not discovered that yet in your bulletin, you find that this church, Knox Presbyterian Church, is a church that is following Jesus Christ. Understand this, following Jesus Christ. Now, if you are here in this room today and you are not following Jesus Christ, today is the day for you. Jesus has an appointment with you to follow him. And two, you are a church that is loving the city, the city you love Toronto. And this is why God has given you a strategic position here in this country. The, 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 the biggest city in, North, I mean in, in Canada is this city, Toronto. And God has put you in the heart of this city. Thank you for loving this city. It's never easy to love the city. Why? You're going to see the most multicultural city. And this is where myself come in as guest speaker from the diaspora. We came from different parts of the world. Most of you can relate to this. We came from different parts, Asia, Africa, South America, whatever you name it. We came here, Knox Presbyterian Church, all the North American churches. Thank you for embracing us, regardless of our different color. You embrace this eye. Why? Because the Jesus you're following, you knew that this Jesus Christ created us like he created you and put value in us. And especially when we follow that Jesus, you have embraced us as brothers and sisters. This is why about two months ago, I was here on a Sunday afternoon with other diaspora people worshiping Jesus in our tongue and praying him in our tongue. So Knox Presbyterian Church, you loving the city is not Empty word is true, and thank you so much. And thirdly, your identity is about serving the world. How do you do this? You serve the world by sending missionaries. And you know, this is my second time preaching here in this church about mission. Before COVID, I was here preaching, and I brought a xylophone guy with me. Unfortunately, during COVID, he passed away. That's when I walk in here, many members kicking my head. Because the last time I was preaching here, I had a Malian friend playing xylophone. But in the middle of COVID, as a pastor in the Chinese church, the first funeral I had to conduct was to say goodbye to my xylophone man who played with me here. It was tough. But the point is this, you have loved us and you have sent missionaries to the world. And today, for the few minutes I have, I'll go back to this Jesus Christ. Why do you follow him? Jesus is the most beautiful God. He's the only God. And today our sermon is about him. Can you put this PowerPoint now, please? The sermon about him, Jesus' mission of compassion. And the question is, what is compassion? Aaron Sharp, he writes, today we speak of compassion as coming from the heart. At the time and places in which the Bible was written, the guts, rather than the heart, were thought of as the place where emotion originated. When we see a passage, for example, saying that Jesus was moved with compassion, the word, begin, uh, the word being used for move is the same one used to mean move one's bowel. You see this? This idea might make you cringe a little bit. But if you can pass the visual image, there is something about it that makes a lot of sense. Compassion is not something that is passive. It is an action. There's no such thing 
as a compassionate observer. Compassion requires movement. To show compassion is to exhibit an emotion. It's not to exhibit an emotion, but rather to run to the aid to the one in need. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about this Jesus who is a God of compassion. Yes, brothers and sisters, understand this compassion is not to be confused with pity. They look, they look similar, but here we're different for us. Compassion is deep emotion moving us to action in helping others who are in need. We are genuinely suffering with those people. We share their passion. We share their suffering. But when you come to pity, <laughs> it's emotion of being sorry for the one suffering, but short of any action of helping out that person in need. Our world today is filled full with people with pity. Yet, we all need compassion. When you turn on the TV, you turn on all the news, the bad news. Well, oh, I'm so sorry for the people in Ukraine. That day. I'm so sorry for the people who are suffering in hunger. I'm so sorry for those who are being kidnapped. And you just stop there. That's pity. But the compassion is, what can I do about it? What can I do to help out this person? And yes, brothers and sisters, this is where we go back to our passage of today, where Jesus' compassion for the spiritual need, we go for Jesus' compassion for the spiritual need. You see, chapter 9:35, Matthew 9:35, 36, Jesus went through all the town and villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion. The Bible does not say he had pity on them. He has compassion. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. I was a shepherd for five years in Mali. I would do the school, study from, from October to, 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 to June. That's the school year in Mali, October to June. July, August, September. My father is a pastor, by the way. I'm, I was born in a pastoral home. At that time, my father being a pastor in a small village, they were all farmers, all our congregants were farmers. And in that way, there's no paycheck for my father. He had to farm like anybody else in the farm. And then at the end of his, uh, har- uh, by the harvest time, people bring their tithing in kind. Don't be surprised to see a chicken coming. And what's this? This is Pastor Timothy, this is the tie for you. They said, corn, this is the tie for you. And therefore, in the farming, we had to do, we have cow to do plowing. And my job was to take care of those cows during the summertime. And shepherding, if the animals, they don't know where they're going. They can be attacked by thieves. They can be attacked by wild animals. And then you see the world, the picture God is giving us about the status of our world is this. Human beings anywhere in the world are abandoned to the mercy of sin. And sin is a predator destroying life everywhere you turn. Individual life, families, countries, nations. And Jesus Christ came to understand that this compassion is not just physical. 
It's the spiritual compassion. You see, the world can have compassion, but it's short. The word compassion is all be short of what is really needed. And this is why, brothers and sisters, as a Christian church, you need to understand that where the world cannot intervene, that's where you are being sent. Because the world can have all kind of compassion, but they will never, never be able to solve the spiritual compassion aspect that is much, much, which is much needed. And this is where Jesus started. This is where he went through all the time doing what? Proclaiming the good news. The good news of salvation. The good news of sanctification. The good news of glorification one day. Brothers and sisters, that's where he started. At a time when the Roman Empire were occupying Israel at that time. When the Roman Empire were there occupying the people and Jesus in his message to this first audience people, they were all concerned about how can we be free from the Roman Empire. But Jesus saw someone else bigger than the Roman Empire. The bigger threat that Jesus pointed them to, you're concerned about the Roman Empire, but your major, your, your, your major enemy is not the Roman Empire, it's sin. And this is true yesterday, it's true today, it's true tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, whatever suffering you're suffering from in your life, we're not neglecting it. But the most, the most, dangerous, the most, the most dangerous enemy you have in your life that needs to be addressed by compassion is sin. And this is why Jesus Christ gave that compassion for the spiritual need. Today, brothers and sisters, in this church, Never forget about this aspect, spiritual aspect of your need here. As you're loving the city, you're serving the world. Understand that you and I, we are not Jesus. But by loving the city, let's point the city to Jesus Christ. By serving the world, let's point the world to Jesus Christ. Because he is not a God of coercion. He is a God of compassion. Not just say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, so sorry for you. No, he did something above the sin. Why? That's why he went on the cross. Our sister with the children were just, were just talking about Easter. The compassion of Jesus Christ for our spiritual needs is not empty world. He went on the cross for us, for the whole world, because the sin is so devastating for us. And yes, brothers and sisters, his compassion went on to be fit for our physical need. You see, he healed every disease and sickness. Sickness and disease are part of many, many consequences of sin and all kind of need we have. Jesus Christ, he knew that before we go to be in heaven with him, after dealing with our spiritual need, we are still on this planet earth that he has created for us. That we, we have physical need. He touched the lepers. Where at that time in the culture you cannot touch a leper. I grew up with lepers around me in Mali. One of the things I tell North America. You're very, you're very blessed. Very few of you here will ever say, oh, I ran into a leper today. You won't see that. But I grew up with lepers in Mali. One of the first things you see about leper is this. As soon as you see him, there are flies everywhere. Everywhere. Lepers always. Because see, he's dying slowly. There are wounds everywhere. One of the things about leprosy is you, you lose your feeling. You put your hand in fire. You only know that you have put your hand in fire. There's no feeling. 
Tomorrow you, you put your hand in fire and you cry. Be thankful to God that you're not a leper. Be thankful. Because leprosy, take it with this feeling. You put your hand there, it's gone, but you don't feel anything. And all of a sudden, he wound all over the place. And who are your first friend? Flies. They feed on you alive. And in that context, to come and put your hand on that kind of person, if you're not full of compassion, you will never do it. And you go through the gospel. How many times, Jesus, one time, ten lepers, he healed them all. One, one came back and said, Jesus, thank you so much. This God of compassion is not fake news. It's not empty word. It's real. And I remember some of the lepers coming to our house as a, in my father's house because they knew my father would give them food and, and drink. When they come, because of the fly, it's like our brother sitting over there with the rest of us here. The leper will sit over there. The fly, and then from there, say, greeting to you over there. Why? He knew he had fly. He doesn't want to come here. And nobody wants to, to go there. And my father and mother will give me food. No one bring it to the leper. I did this before. I'll bring it to him there. He's sitting there. My heart completely breaks physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's broken. And yet, this Jesus of compassion has come and touch. And brother and sister in the city, in the world that we're serving, we're going to run into many lepers. We're going to run into many needs, physical needs. And that Jesus has taken care of the need, the physical need. And this is why we have a mission of compassion. And yes, Jesus invites you to join his mission of compassion. That's what mission is about, to join his mission of compassion. And in that invitation, you see, he invites us to pray. I just want to go to prayer. You know, sometimes in our mission field, we put the accent, the emphasis on go, go, go. But if you look at this text, the first text here, you see here, he invites us to pray. Verse 37 then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Verse 38, ask. The ask here is about prayer. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send a worker into the harvest field. Ask. In our next slide, you see praying to Jesus to send worker for our world. Why prayer? We'll learn about the importance of prayer. Why prayer? Why prayer? You see, this is a quotation from a gentleman called John. He wrote this, Prayer is mentioned over 30 times in the book of Acts alone. And generally it is mentioned as occurring just before major breakthrough in the outward expansion of the, of the early Christian movement. As important as or a good organization, planning, and strategy are in world evangelization, Prayer remains the most important weapon for evangelization. And here we work for you. Unfortunately, because of our busyness, it is sadly and vastly neglected today. Prayer links our effort, including our strategic plan to God and in his almightiness, without whose help all such efforts are ultimately in vain. I just want to take a few minutes to highlight this, brother and sister. Compassion is not a natural, a natural gift to anybody. 
Naturally speaking, each one of us here is wired to be me, me, me first. That's how it works. Don't take my word for it. If we were to take a group picture here, and we are all part of that group picture, all of a sudden we project on the screen. You know what? Who you will be looking for first to see who is you? Believe me. All of a sudden we put a picture that you're going to be looking. Where is Nuhum? How do I look? Naturally speaking, compassion is not who we are. Therefore, when it comes to the world compassion, brothers and sisters, you cannot do it with your own strength. Prayer is needed. And this is what Jesus understood. And this is what Jesus wanted to understand. Because this task is not going to be done naturally. We are all selfish. And this is why, brothers and sisters, if you have selfishness problem. God has good news for you. Get involved in mission. Mission will give you a way to think about other people. It does not mean you have finished solving all your problems. And this is where mission becomes an exercise of faith for you. It's because I still have problems. I still have need. Yet, I have people in Mali, in Asia, in South America who still need compassion. Jesus by exercising my faith in you, although all my needs are not met, I'm giving a little bit of portion of my salary. I still have mortgage to pay. I still have loan to pay. I still have credit card to pay. I still have my children's education. But you know what? I'm still obeying you, Jesus Christ. And yet, this prayer is neglected. And one of the things I'm doing personally to try to help myself, to remind myself of the importance of prayer. I have six children, as you heard in my bio. bio. Six children under 16 years old. So every morning my car is packed going through four four schools in the city here. It's not easy. But as soon as I get in the car, even my youngest one, Isaac, five, 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 five years old, taking him to basketball, to his basketball game to yesterday, I got in the car, say, Isaac, could you pray? Five years old. Brother and sister, the good news is this God is not a coercive God to tell you, wake up at five o'clock in the morning to pray. Wake up at one o'clock to pray. Do this. No, no, no. He has given you freedom, flexibility in the prayer. It does not have to be a long prayer. It doesn't have to be a loud prayer. Prayer can be done in anywhere, from anywhere, from anyhow. It's the attitude of your heart to know that you are nothing, but God is everything. Put that in your DNA, in your children's DNA. Put that in the DNA of your church. And you will see the mission of compassion will be done, will be done in a way that brings glory to God. A mission with a prayer will, up, will take you to pride. Thank you. It will take you to pride. But a mission with prayer will take you to humility. But when things are done, you are on your knees. They pray the Lord Jesus Christ because you did it. Thank you so much. And this is why, brothers and sisters, understand that in this, everybody needs compassion. Everybody needs compassion. This is the world for us. Don't want to take too much time on this, but this is the world is full of physical need. Our world is full of spiritual need. There's no excuse for anyone here in your lifetime here in this city, in this country. 
If you are here following Jesus, you have the spiritual resources to turn, to, to point anybody to Jesus Christ. If you are here, please raise your hand. You have one bank account here in this city. Please raise your hand. You have one bank account. You have one bank account. Please raise your hand. Thank you. You see, in my country, only 4% has a bank account. 4% of the population has bank account. And in that bank account, less 90% don't have $1,000. But some of us here have five bank accounts. Everybody needs compassion. The next slide is, you see, the role of a diaspora. You see, you have helped us. As I told you, you have helped us here to get involved in mission. Let's go to the next slide, please. Next slide. The next one, please. Next one. Perfect. A short testimony before I finish today is, how did I get involved in mission myself as a diaspora? You see, this is my home country of Mali. The next slide will tell you, you see, my legacy started with North American missionaries. Here is a testimony for you. I come from a denomination called the Christian Mission Alliance Church. We came from the Presbyterian. Did you know that? We are a fruit of the Presbyterian. Our founder used to come to this church here. And then he was sent to, Knox, uh, to Presbyterian Church in Hamilton to be a pastor there. And from there, from Hamilton Presbyterian Church, he went to New York. And it was in New York he founded our denomination. So I'm coming back home. If I tell you you have been serving the Lord, I have a way to prove through my denomination that we are product of your work and your prayer as a denomination. And this is where my point, my finger is pointing. Go back there, please. Is this missionary was a missionary in my father's village in 1936. And some of these missionaries died there. They die with us for us. And the next slide will show you, you see, this is a gentleman and his wife in red. When I met this gentleman, my, my first son is in hand there. This was, this was uh, my first son, Joshua. Joshua was, uh, he's 15 years old today, but he was just a few months old here with the dedication of my son. But this gentleman met me in Senegal at a time when I was trying to come to Canada to start at Tyndale. Tindale had asked me to give proof of 36,000 I didn't have. He went on a short-term mission. And when he met me and knew about my need, he looked at me and said, Nuhum, I'll pay for you. But never asked how much. I was afraid. I said, well, he just said he'll pay for me to come to Tindale, but he never asked how much. I went to him. I said, sir, it will cost, it will, it will cost you 36,000 Canadian dollars. He smiled. He said, don't worry, I'll pay for you. Long story short. He and his wife, they pay more than 100,000 Canadian for me for seven years at Tyndale. Compassion. Do you know what he said? The Lord Jesus Christ has blessed me in the U.S. I'm going to bless you. And he did. Not pity, but compassion. And through that, is this my wife, Karen, family doctor, on my, you know, here. We were very young here. I'm still young, but, you know, we were younger here. But the next slide is this. You see... I want you to know this, that you see, the missionary went where other people would not go and remain with the people they love through famine, flood, plague, pestilence, and war. Often they endanger their own life to save the life of others. The next one. Yes, they may not have raised the dead, but they healed the sick, fed the poor, and clothed the naked. They cared for the widow and orphan. They took in abandoned babies, girl, fed, clothed, and educated them. And when the time came, arranged suitable marriages for them. This is true. 
My great-granduncle who became a Christian in Mali, through, him, my, through whom my father became a pastor, and through my father preaching on an Easter, I became a Christian. My great-granduncle, it was missionary who found him a wife in Senegal and brought that wife to him in Mali. This is true. Because at that time, very few girls were educated in Mali. This is in the 1930s. This is my granduncle, when he became a Christian, he wanted to marry a Christian girl. And there was none in Mal at that time. It was missionary who set him up with another girl, Christian girl in Senegal. And yes, next slide, please. Hundreds of missionaries became martyrs. In the Boxer Rebellion in China, the Overseas Missionary Fellowship lost 79 missionaries and their children in one year. What compassion or work. Next slide. When the storm blew over, the remaining missionaries returned to their station, asking for nothing but this, this privilege of serving the people who had killed, killed their colleague. It speaks for itself. The last, the next slide. When compensation was offered by the Chinese government, it was refused. The next one, please. Yes, brother and sister, in all this, the question became for me and my wife. After receiving all this compassion work of Jesus Christ in my life through missionaries of long term and short term, what can I do? Can we, what can we do? My wife and I, we pray to have a mission organization here in Canada to help us build a Christian school in my home country of Mali. And today, from kindergarten to grade, grade 8, we have 1,000 students. Most of them are Muslim. And we name it after my father, Pastor Timothy Sukul. And the next slide will show you a church building in my father's village where the Canadian mission started the work in 1936. 2016, I went back to my wife and the church asked us to build a new church building with cement block. Up to that time, four church buildings, they were all in mud brick churches. But they asked my wife and I to build them a cement block building. By God's grace, we did. My last trip in Mal was October, November 21 to inaugurate this church on that day. This was an inauguration day in that church building. The last, this, this next one, the next slide. You know, the living God is not a microwave God, but he always fulfills his word. What does it mean? Brothers and sisters, is this mission, be patient. Be patient. You see, this gentleman started the work in 1936. It took 36 to 2001, 21, to have we, the diaspora people, to build a church later. Why? It's not about the missionary. It's about the faithfulness of the compassionate God, Jesus Christ himself. The last one, go to the last, last one, please. Last one. Next one. Pray Jesus for his compassion in our lives and ministries. Pray to Jesus for compassion on workers. Join God, worker, in the harvest field. Pray, go, and give. If there's one thing I want you to take home, is this. For the short time I have with you here today, I'm here to encourage you from God's word. That the good work you have begun for the one who has been here for a long time, don't give up. There are many reasons for you to give up. COVID, discouragement, distraction. But keep up because the world needs compassion. Now, for you who are still young, who are still trying to figure out this thing, the message to you from God is a join in. Join in. It's a mission that you will never regret in your life. Because, you see, you are serving and 
following a God of compassion. And I have met that God of compassion. I had experienced that God of compassion. And with all my heart, he's sending me here today to tell you, ignite that passion of compassion for Jesus Christ. Why? In the end, he is your only reward. Not Knox Presbyterian Church. Not your denomination. God, Jesus, will reward you. In his name, amen. Thank you. Thank you.